Start the show, too. <laughs> You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. Hello and welcome to the 324th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt in Getting Cold, Minneapolis. And this is Spencer, back in action in Boston, Massachusetts. You guys? It's it's been so long. It's been a while. I feel like we haven't been mm-hmm. here for a few weeks and um you know, I I'd, I'd say that was strange and out of character for us, but it's 2020. So, you know, there's no rules. Anything goes. I will say I was a little disappointed by the lack of emails checking up on us from all of our listeners. <laughs> we got There's a, a lot of emails that were like there's you no know, there's a lot of emails like hey, answer this problem. Which I appreciate, but you know, how about a, how about like, hey guys, (laughs) we've missed you. Yeah. Somebody sent us some shade. I think I think we got more shade than concern, but that's okay. That's kind of how I, I feel that's our slightly antagonist relationship with each other. So I think that should spill over to, with our listeners. Yeah. I, I feel like we've earned that. Yeah. It is, it is so good to be back in the saddle once again, um, I'm stoked. There's so much to discuss this week, and the largest mailbag of all time. Yeah, it's been building up. Yeah. Huh? Three weeks of it's been building up. Three weeks of solid uh, mails plus two week um, vacation time. So it's good to have everyone here. Spencer, welcome back to the pod, little guy. Things are looking good up there, but my life has been a complete chaos as of late. Um, and I know Spencer's as as well. Little guy on his rail bike. I've, I'm currently buying a new house that probably needs a lot of work. The first thing I need is a new washing machine. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, yep. I probably need to get some new flooring, too. So... So I'm thinking quick step. Hmm. Clearly. They're kind of gross. Yeah. Well, Cavendish is back. That doesn't earn him anything. I still think the whole Wolfpack thing creeps me out. Does it creep you out with the new jersey? The yes. new quick step jersey that has the... The wolf hair. It kind of it kind of looks like when Tim has the jersey that unzipped. Was my first thought. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Even if you can't see it, you know it's there, and you just can kind of imagine a a furry little shoulder. But that should endear them to all the masters racers that are growing back hair. So you're saying, little guy, I cannot get quick step flooring. I would say no. I would say go with tile, and then you can go with uh, map a grout. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to need to remodel the kitchen, too. Um, so I'm going to need a new stovetop. Peter Soggins got you covered. I don't right. remember if it's Bora or Hansgrove, which is uh, the one that it's, makes... It's Bora. Which one's the faucets? That's that's Hansgrove. Oh. You're going to need the Hansgrove okay. in, in one area of the kitchen and the Bora in the other area of the kitchen. Okay. When you are um, diligently frying up your uh, CD shoes um, for yes. uh, a quick meal <laughs> before you go on a ride... Uh, you're going to yeah. need that steam to be collected by your uh, oh, stovetop. Now, there is a nice garage, which, uh, you know, I can park my new McLaren. Yep. And uh-huh. 
Yeah. That's that's an easy one. Uh, it's, it's just broken. It's just broken down. It's I mean, just, even yeah. a broken down McLaren would be insane. Uh, what Segafredo coffee in the kitchen? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fa- it's Fantini okay. wine, mini Fantini or whatever. That's wine, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's a deep that's cut. Yeah. Cheap. Yeah. That's yeah. that's out of the world tour level. <laughs> well, it's there. There is there. They're one of the Israeli sponsors now. I think you can get a uh, you can get a Mitchelton in in there somewhere, right? That's right? A, that's that's wine, right? I, I have no idea that's what a, a wine, Mitchelton right? is. <laughs> no. I, I, think, I think it's a winery. I think it's like oh, the equivalent of um, Sutter Home. Okay. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> get a couple of Mitcheltons in there. And Tim, you know who you can call to maybe get a little extra bread on the side to finance all this? Ooh. Your friends at Covetus. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I forgot the phone number on the front of the Well, jersey. you know, if if you don't have any luck with them, you could try uh playing the lotto. Ooh. <laughs> there's, there's there's several lotto companies. Oh, what's that little guy? I need more caulking. Oh, well, there's more Sudal. The mm. other half of Lotto. Yeah. And you could yeah, always get uh, some Astana. You know, it's pretty nice. It's, it's I, uh, I don't know if I. It doesn't sit with me well that you went with the McLaren when the uh, Ineos Grenadier was right there. Like it's such a more practical <laughs> car. You've got a kid now. That's um, true. You could carve your own cycle cross courses through the Everglades. It would have been great. So we touched on it a little bit when we said Mitchelton. We have no clue what Mitchelton is, but what we do know, Spencer, mm-hmm. is that they are. No longer on Scott bicycles, and now they're on Bianchi's. They are on Bianchi's, and you know when that got announced, um, it was one of the things that came across my desk here at uh, Slow Ride Podcast headquarters, and uh, it jumped out off the page um, from our intrepid reporters, and I said, "Well, pff, that's dumb. That's that's you know, who cares?" But then they released the bike, and something interesting. Uh, you may have noticed about this bike is that the Celeste paint job is accented with a little Mitchelton kind of color scheme going on. There's <laughs> several hues, like hues of Celeste green on there. And yeah. begs the question, you guys, why does Mitchelton get the primo treatment when Lotto did not? Mm. Huh. That's a good point. And what's even crazier is that they're trying to sell this team too. Right, like they're maybe are like they, they still the team is well. It's kind of well, it, you know, it's the Ponzi scheme almost got bought by a Ponzi scheme. Sorry, but I thought that the Mitchelton owner was trying to get out of there, and that's why it's called the Green Edge Team for next year. Mm-hmm. Now this new bike, it's beautiful. I'm it just looks gonna throw great. this out there. It's it's probably the best looking bike. I will just throw this out there. I want to hear what you guys think. Wouldn't that paint job look amazing with the Bora Hansgrow? Oh yeah, team jersey. Like, that's peas in the pod right there. You're welcome. <laughs> For sure. I'm just like, uh, is this shrewd negotiation on the Mitchelton management uh, behalf? Like saying, oh, well, we'll, we'll bring you on. You want to be in the world tour, but we're going to need some special paint. Or is this Bianchi saying, ah, finally got rid of the dead weight. Now we can really style things up <laughs> um, with these freewheeling uh, Australians who just love flashy looking kits so, so, and good style so, so you think the belgians at, at lotto yumbo were were sitting there um are, are they even is that a belgian team or is that a dutch team dutch sorry dutch, dutch. we're dutch. gonna get think, angry emails think, about that yeah 
Yeah. The tallest people in the world, yes. also the angriest on the internet. Oh, well, you, their biggest the rider is, is Belgian, so I can see why yeah. you'd make that mistake. Yeah, it's It's been five weeks since we've been all on here together. I know you guys have missed these mistakes. Uh-huh. Do you think that uh, the folks at Lotto Yumbo like, demanded the Celeste paint job because they're like, oh, it goes with our yellow jerseys. It is so fashionable. Well, one of the things about the, the Lotto was they had some of those black all black carbon bikes because they were lighter. Mm-hmm. And the thing that jumped out to me is that Mitchelton, one, they're going with the discs. Mm-hmm. So obviously they have no Grand Tour intentions. And two, they're going with extra paint. So they're uh-huh. just, they've basically given up on GC. I mean, that's what that bike so says to me. You look at that bike and you're like, Whoa. with those heavy brakes and all that paint, you've you've thrown so in the towel. This you, is a, you believe so there's no a good Grand strategy. This is a great strategy though because... Um, I think they realized early on, they're getting out ahead of it, that they're going to make more money at the end of the season selling these bikes than they are riding them to Grand Tour victories with prize money or anything else. Yeah, that's true. Either either make your money on the road with, with rim brakes or you, you mm-hmm. make it after the season with disc. Yeah. Well, uh, well so, thought out, yeah. <laughs> Is this the uh, – so the guys over there, uh, the, the, the teammates of uh, Mitchell – or sorry, Green Edge Cycling, Bianchi or whatever they're being called next year – they're just sitting there going like, what up, Team Quebeca Assos? We're going to beat you guys for last place in the World Tour rankings. That has to be a competition, right? Right? Like, it, like, <laughs> like if you're yeah. just not doing good, there has to be some like jockeying between the last place teams. But it's in not fact, like you get a draft pick. You, you, sure, you but go, like... It's, it's, not, it's not like... <laughs> It's it's, like it's important. First round pick. <laughs> it's important uh, enough to us as like cat fours and cat threes and everything else to be like, oh, I'm pretty close to last. <laughs> maybe I could maybe I could really bag it in this stage okay. race and uh, come in lantern rouge. I gotta imagine that translates up the peloton, up the hierarchy. Wait, who do you have? Like, who do you think? I mean, I guess Green Edge does have Bling Matthews for next year. Massive. Yeah. And huge sign. That's massive. That's huge, yeah. without a doubt. So therefore, Quebec Assos, with only like fifteen riders for next year, they've still got is already stuff. behind the. You know, yes, they have Nizzolo and they have Posavivo, who combined don't even make half of a Bling Matthews. But <laughs> take that. That's back. gonna be a long season for both these teams. I think. Have we gotten a leak of the uh, NTT Quebec? Uh, so it's kit yet. Have we seen this? No. It's, I'm sure so. it's like $800. Well, obviously, oh, yeah. but I just, minimum. I need that striped black and white with the yellow accents, uh, Kubeka jersey from a few years ago to make a return. And I'm hoping yeah, I, they throw back in some way mm-hmm. to that team. That, That's a good That point. was a good looking kit. That, that was a, that was a very good looking kit. I, I, I agree with you on that. That was at 2015. Where I had the vertical stripes, a little, yeah. little uh, Newcastle United, somewhere around there, yeah, nice. um, yeah. I with ASOS behind the wheel, I kind of don't expect that to happen, but I am hoping beyond hope that uh, that it will. Tim, <laughs> I think you're kind of throwing an NTT under the bus or the ASOS guys. I mean, they've there's a chance. There's a there's a they've done a okay. serious roll of the dice. They got. Aru, which I know is the biggest dark horse in history, but there's totally a chance. 
Yes, yes. Wait, you're saying there's a chance? I there's thought you were being serious there for a minute. Oh my god. <laughs> no, I'm looking. I'm looking at the lineup. You got Posavio and Nizzoli, obviously. Then you got uh, Sergio Hano, Hano, and and Aru, which are both past their sell-by dates. Uh, the one guy who might actually win them some races is Simon Clark, coming over from EF. He's been good the last few years. But yeah, it's uh, it's slim pickings. It's I don't, I don't right, know here, if you proved your point here. there. No, I didn't. I started. Yeah, I started getting I into it, and I, I kind of lost the thread. They've still got time to right. pick me up for next year. They, they got do. room, little guy. I so somehow I got on the email list for Team Quebeca. No, I noticed. <laughs> I, noticed. I got on the. <laughs> and I read those emails too every day. Almost, it's, I'm, I'm impressed yeah. with their press team. They, it has to be one they, of our loving fans <laughs> that signed us up for that. They spin. Yeah. They spin it really well. You got. You got to hand it to them that this team did not give their press officer a lot to work with this year, and they put out a lot of press. Press paper, like we, like during the grand tours, we get like one or two a day, and then yeah. like that's hard to do. Dude, I'm I'm getting I'm getting from this team, Quebeca Assos. I'm getting at least what two, three. A week, more what they that. do is you know five. Yeah, no, no, but the, the the press officer sitting there like, all right, we just got three signings. No one's gonna know any of these people. Tell you what, let's just release them all together. So when you go to the pro cycling stats page, I just want to do a quick shout that there's this guy Emil Vinhebo, who got third at Trobro Leon, yeah. uh, Slow Ride Podcast favorite race. Yeah, yep. If you find. He's got one of the best jerseys I've ever seen for the Rual Securitas team yeah. from 2020 on the... Yeah, they had good jerseys. They're disappearing, too, as that's a team, a good... I think, unfortunately. That's a good-looking jersey, though. With yeah. the kind of, like, pink, subtle tones. Anyways, good stuff. Yeah. Not so good stuff for either Quebeca Essos uh, <laughs> or Team Green Edge. Mm. But whatever. I, the biggest surprise to me is that... Um, Gasparato is retiring. Did you guys see that? One, because mm-hmm. NTT doesn't have anybody, and I assume they would have been able to float a contract to him to get some points. But two, because there was no Amstel Gold this year. And that means he's leaving after a year where he didn't get to ride the one race that he shows up to every year with fitness. Mm-hmm. I'm just surprised that he, he could do that. That's, that's heartbreaking. <laughs> anyway. Here's a serious question. Little guy. Wait, that wasn't serious. Are there any? No, no. Gasparato, he should have retired a while back. Um, <laughs> Ouch. UCI Pro Two, the the Pro Continental teams. Are any of those teams outside of Alpecian Phoenix like serious about joining the World Tour? Right. Uh... Like, there's no one to replace, even if Quebeca Assos loses their license. Like, I'm sure someone will buy it, but it doesn't seem like there's someone just really chomping at the bit to get in anymore. Maybe Rally Cycling. Yeah. Well, well, your boy Nairo. Do you oh, me- yeah. do you remember Nairo yeah, Quintana who always... used to go on and on yeah. about? Yeah, Love total him. direct energy. Sir, Wanty's yeah. moving up, right? So already. So I don't. So I don't think up. direct energy wants to move up. I think they are happy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, where they and are. Same with Arkea, and same with um, yeah, some of these. Yeah. Anyway, good stuff, guys. We were really crushing the news. <laughs> Let's get into. The most recent thing to happen, which is cyclocross, is apparently back. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can talk real briefly. Matthew Vanderpool showed up. Walt Van Art showed up. Walt Van Art had like this weird handoff on the way to the uh, uh, doping control, but his ketones, everything's cool there. It's a couple weeks. Matthew ago. Vanderpool thought he was thought he was going to win. Pidcock crushes him today from yeah. 
Team Sky recruit Thomas Pidcock. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. You're glassing um, over Vanderpool win in the day before, though. He did come back with a win, first off. Talking yes. about David Vanderpool? No, I'm talking about Matthew Vanderpool, who won on Oh, okay. Saturday. All right. All right. Just yes. checking. Pidcock. You guys surprised by yeah. this? That that Matthew Vanderpool's back and doing so well, or that Pidcock beat Matthew Vanderpool in Super Prestige? Uh, that that Vanderpool lost and that Pidcock won. I mean, Pidcock mm-hmm. hadn't... He'd been I mean, good all year, but he hadn't been that good, you know? I, well, he has been doing a couple of these races. I got to yeah. think this is Pidcock's best result or result he's most proud of since the uh, e-bike uh, world championships. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about those. Yeah, I forgot that. Yeah, um, too. I, I got to admit, I, I'll, I'll just go out there right now. This this is going to sound like a horrible, shameless plug, but you guys know me. You guys know how educated I am when it comes to bike racing mm. and cyclocross racing. Okay. But since I have the elite inside edge of the cyclocross CX Harris Bulletin mm-hmm. to hit my email box. Now, actually, I know what I'm talking about all the time with start lists and all these other things. So I'm not surprised by Pidcock's dominating performance. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. <laughs> are, uh, are the cyclocross diehards, are the fans that have been waiting for this season since last February to start up again, are, are we pumped that it really didn't kick off until November like it should? instead of August when it's a still a hundred <laughs> degrees? Um, or is this, uh, are people still like, Oh, we only get a couple of races. You know, I got to admit, I'm kind of bummed that it didn't start early just for the amount of complaints that would happen from the road racers that don't show up to bike races anyway in August and September mm-hmm. that cyclocross comes too early. I, I got to admit, I'm missing the U S uh, U S cyclocross races and the Belgians coming over and we show them lovely farm fields of Iowa city. Mm-hmm. They love Iowa. And they're like, oh, home. Yeah. yeah, that's my favorite part is how much they love Iowa. Like when they're being interviewed, like rural Wisconsin, they're just like, this is the best. You guys, this <laughs> yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, it's, I mean, your, it's your fine, roads are... but I mean, like, you've been other places in country? No? Okay. Uh, the roads are so wide. Yeah, yeah I, guess, I, I guess I definitely miss it. I'm sure cyclocross aficionados are absolutely loving it. I mean, I kind of, but, you know. I lost track of what month I was in because I did not get the deluge of hashtag crosses coming tweets for um, two or three months leading up until the season. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's still maybe late June. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know either. Um, uh, the other uh, cyclocross news, I, guys, we're really making up five weeks worth of news here, but I'm, I know you guys saw that Gage Hecht got signed to... Trek is like an independent rider. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Two things here. One is how awesome would it be if Gage Heck, if like Trek just leveraged Gage Heck straight onto the Sven Nice Lions team. I would absolutely love that. Just be like, hey, if you, you know, if you want us to keep sponsoring you <laughs> as your title sponsor, Lions, you're going to need to take the prodigy that is Gage Heck. Okay. I would love that. I, I don't think the American sponsors flex the muscle the way that the the small the small company sponsors do in Italian road racing. Uh-huh. I'd love to see the Americans just go that route. Or One. you know, or Mark Cavendish, you know, whatever. <laughs> True. Mm-hmm. The second part here about the Gage Hack sponsorship mm-hmm. that I don't want to get lost in the shuffle. I don't think it's been pointed out yet, but his jersey sponsor is Primal Wear. <gasps> Gentlemen, <laughs> he is the national cyclocross champion. 
we have the possibility for the greatest national championship jersey of all time. Okay. Being created. Robot frog tinted in American flag colors. Yeah. Uh-huh. Flames in the background. Uh, no. Flames splash. Water and flames meeting behind the frog. Explosions. But what's on the back of the... I'm thinking on the back of the jersey is a bicycle frame with the frog on the top tube, but the bicycle frame is painted American flag what? national mm. championship on the jersey. What if the frog American. is... Okay. What if the frame's there painted like a glorious American flag and the frog is cyclocross bunny hopping over it on another smaller bicycle? The frog should be like human-sized and it's, it's either riding or shouldering the bike. Wait, better idea. Uh-huh. Just, okay, blank slate, guys. All black jersey, the prism from Pink Floyd. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That might be. But instead of Roy G. Biv, yeah. it's red, white, and blue <laughs> coming out the backside. Oh. That'd be nice. In, That'd be subtle. Yeah. In the shape of a frog, like yeah. a bat signal? <laughs> Our national animal. No, that wraps around. The frog. Oh, I think... Our national animal, yes. <laughs> this... I think we have some likes here. Um, hey, before we get into, uh, we got to do a checkup. I know, Spencer, you missed out on a great conversation on cargo bikes and rail bikes. We did get two amazing cameos that we need to discuss. Okay. Um, sent to us a uh, friend of the pod, Matt Milner. So I don't, I, some- I think that the way that this is presented, like Matt, Matt went on the cameo mm-hmm. and he's like, Hey man, the boys have the title belt. And the title belt needs to needs to maybe change hands. Maybe maybe it's been a little too sticky in the hands of, you know, Carmen Del Alvarado and um Matthew Vanderpool. So and Primos Roglic. Yeah, it's just now. like Primos so, and, and Matthew passing it back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. So it's trying to inject some new blood here. It's trying to force mm. a play. And he may yeah. have. He may have. So I think the first one we need to do is we need to um we need to we need to play the Philippe Gilbert one. This is this is Philippe Gilbert coming in trying to uh try trying to take the title belt. So this is gonna have to be a really strong play. Good morning Tim, little guy and Spencer. Uh and I hope you're good. And um I have to tell you that you have to keep doing uh, this great show on the Slow Ride podcast. And uh, why are you deserving of the little belt as a best rider? And uh, yeah, that was my question. And uh, yeah, I hope uh, you have a lot of uh, success with this uh, podcast. It's, uh, it's new and everyone um, enjoy that. And uh, sometimes I'm also following some of them and uh, it can be really interesting. So. Yeah, if you share me your link, or oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna search it actually. I'm gonna see what you are doing. And uh, apparently, you spoke about uh, my wins in Lier, Amstel, Flash, and World Championship. So I'm gonna search them. But I like more to to see about the others because about myself, I know enough. So keep doing the same, and uh, I wish you all the best. See you. Bye bye. So. A couple of things here after listening. Uh, a lot to lot to discuss here. Yeah. So, one hostage video, possibly. Possibly. He seemed like I. I don't think he's ever listened to the podcast. 
and I don't think he's found it. And if he did find it, he probably was listening to some fog hat. I don't know how into like searching for this podcast, or maybe he lasted like 10 seconds. Maybe. Well, yeah. he probably heard about the rail bikes and was like, I'm out, you know? <laughs> he's getting old. He's going to get into them soon. But he might say that now. I, but. Uh-huh. He didn't seem so happy. He actually, he looked like he got, like he stepped away from his family at the dinner table. Yes. Looking at his phone, he was like, oh, I better get this thing done quick. Yes. And he's just like. I got to put the kids to I bed. I mean, at least so he, got our, uh-huh. he got our names right, apparently. That's nice. Yeah. Crushed it, yeah. That was pretty sweet. Better pronunciation yeah. from him than we give others, so points there. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. He's got nice stuff in the background. He had, had some had like a nutcracker on the shelf behind him, and there was uh-huh. an airplane. He, it looked like he had um, some cool some cool shelves. I want so, to see more. Yeah, but it wasn't a title. It wasn't a title contender background. I want to see his trophies. Like <laughs> I I love that you picked up on all the weird knickknacks in the background, and I'm sure you want to explore Philip Jobert's house in depth uh, to see what kind of weird stuff he has, but. Uh, one thing that I did notice was no power play for the belt, no world championship yeah. stripes hanging in, you know, just discreetly in the background. Like, oh, those, those old things, mm-hmm. oh, they're just and, my world championship stripes hanging out over there. No big deal. Can I just, I mean, Matt crushed it. Like, I really appreciate Philippe Gilbert saying my name out loud. Oh, absolutely. It's really nice. <laughs> it's amazing. Like, love. <laughs> I just, I, and I'm going to share it with everybody. I'm going to, I'm going to splice it so no one else, you know, they don't say your guy's name. It's mm. just my name. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, would expect so for the sheer fact that Philip Gilbert did this, that he saw this come into his inbox and was like, all right, I'll do that. I think he may earn himself the belt. Is there any argument? Does any other pro cyclist have an argument uh, that he should not get it? That Has anyone outdone him? Like, this is huge. This is amazing. Philip Jobert, world champion. World champion going for the slow ride he's, podcast. He's won belt. Arguably four the most important out of the six prizes. <laughs> monuments. It's incredible. Yeah. I was a little disappointed he didn't talk about how he was going to conquer the Japan Cup uh-huh. uh, in 2021. Uh-huh. But I digress. But Spencer, yep. a solid attempt. Yeah. He has to. Yeah. I mean, we have to hand it to him, right? Whose music is that? I don't know who that is. Is that Simon Geschke coming in off the top rope? Roll it, intern. Hey, Tim, little guy, and Spencer. This is Simon Geschke speaking, your favorite rider of the Tour de France. And uh, I want to tell you that you are doing a great podcast. I still have to check it out, but uh, I'm going to search for it. Uh, the Slow Ride Podcast. I heard it's really cool, and uh, I want to congratulate you for that. And uh, also, I heard I have a bit of a convincing job to do here, and um, to tell you why I deserve the title belt as the best rider um, ever. And uh, yeah, you know, um, I'm doing my best to be uh, the best person I can be, um, having the best beard, uh, Tour de France stage winner, also uh, vegan. Um, uh, in my eyes, I'm totally killing it, but um, it's up to you guys. I hope I have a fair chance, and uh, if not, um, I'm probably never listening to your podcast again. So let's uh, put it like that. And I'm going to keep training now because uh, it's getting cold, and uh, I want to wish you guys all the best. I hope this video reaches you in good health, 
and uh, you have a great Christmas time. And um, I say goodbye from Germany. Ciao, ciao. All right, guys. That <laughs> yeah. that right there. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. This one's playing straight to the heartstrings. Yeah. Oh, Little yeah. guy. Straight for you. Not only is he on the side of the road mid-training ride. This isn't Philippe Joubert stepping away from dinner. Uh-huh. This is mid-training <laughs> ride. Is, yeah. Simon Geschke. This is the man putting in Not work. only does he... Yeah. I, th- I think the quote is, in my eyes, I'm totally killing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, do- I'm doing my best, he says. <laughs> After he references his beard. Uh-huh. And dropping in there for you, little guy, just a nugget of wisdom that he's vegan. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Uh, that, that's a power play. He's going in my spreadsheet okay. of, of vegan pro cyclists. Let me just plug him in here in my <laughs> Excel file. <laughs> Is it how many how many vegan pro cyclists do you have on your uh, I Excel actually, file? I actually right have no idea. I do remember uh, Michael Rasmussen <laughs> saying he was vegan years ago, like reading that in a in an article and being like, "Ooh, the chick." And then you, you you know, and you immediately went to McDonald's for a hamburger. Uh, no, I just <laughs> like, I just thought that whole calf's blood thing for him probably would have should have uh, yeah kind of crossed that off the list. But anyway, so, oh, guess she's going to Confidus next year. Okay, I'm sorry. Go on. Nice. That is an incredible move like playing the little guy specifically is because he's always the wishy-washy one it's like simon knows that yeah if you win little guy you're gonna get the nomination right and what i also would how he wins me is the honesty he admitted not once but twice that he did not listen to this podcast oh yeah (laughs) messing with us no he had to make sure that we knew hey I've never listened to your show. <laughs> I just, anybody who's watching this, I need you to know Uh-oh. I have never listened to this show. Yeah, don't expect me to listen. Don't expect an iTunes review, you guys. Come on. Yeah. I will say, like, if I had to interview one or the other, I would definitely want to interview Geshki. Mm-hmm. Right? Way more than Gilbert. Well, you know, here's the thing. Do we power play him back? Because if he wins the belt... He's going to have to listen Since to someone, the show where he's he gets to the belt, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, His agent will make him. Look, you won, you won some sort of ward. Hey, hey, Simon, Simon, you want to conquer America? You got to listen to the Slow Ride podcast. They have their fingers on mm-hmm. the pulse. I There's a couple of things here that I really like. Again... Did he get notification of the cameo when he was on his bike and he looked down at his like Garmin mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it like he got a text alert like, oh, and he's like, oh, it's my first cameo ever. Or oh, was he sitting there going like, you know what? I'm going to call these boys mid training ride on top of a mountain. That is how much I want the slow ride podcast championship built mm-hmm. to know either way. No. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, I'm just going to put this out there. Peter Sagan. Mm-hmm. Primos Roglic, mm-hmm. Matthew Vanderpool, mm-hmm. Lachlan Martin. All right. Hershey. Ah, yes. Primos Roglic, Simon Geschke. I think. Sounds good. Ooh. I think that, that is what a Hall of Fame of just amazingness. Do you, I'm in favor of Simon taking the title belt. Sorry, Gilbert. Nice attempt. We know this needs to be unanimous. Yeah, well, so it, it's down a little guy here. Here's why I'll, I'll second it. Are you, are you it. with me, Spencer? Are you in? Well, I want I need to hear what little guy's got to say. So normally I would say, hey, we just had a lot of good cross racing. We'd have to give it to Pidcock or Vanderpool or something. But 
because we haven't had a Pidcock <laughs> Vanderpool while we haven't had everybody in the same room at a cross race, I feel like we we can't give it to any of the cross racers. Yes, so we should give it to Simon this week because I think we got a World Cup next week and we're going to have all the cross hitters there, and then from that pile we'll probably have to pick a championship belt taker. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. This is a strong play from Simon. No, it's I a think strong it's going to take a lot to rip this thing out of his hands because it sounds like he's got a unanimous slow ride approval. Yeah, well, we'll see who who pulls it off next week. Also, we could send him a message and try to get him into the World Cup next week. I mean, he's German. He might qualify for the Cross World Cup. He could just show up, and then he'd have it forever. <laughs> oh, well, it was a short reign for Primoz Roglic, the first two-time title belt holder but you know primos if you want it back maybe send us a cameo um <laughs> yeah pay for it yourself simon geshke gentlemen incredible he got sixth place in amstel gold once he was won a tour a stage of the tour de france in 2015 yeah and his greatest result to date was the 2020 santos tour down under when he got third in the gc yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, granted, a stage win of the tour is probably stage win of the but... tour. Yeah, he's had some good results. <laughs> he's he's had some good, good dude. Good results. The consummate pro. Mm-hmm. It is so fantastic to have him join the squad. Um, congratulations, Simon Geschke. Major thanks to Matt Milner for bringing that yes, along. Yes, thank you, Matt, um, so much. Little guy, things went off the rails a little bit <laughs> when Spencer was gone. Pun intended. <laughs> And that was when you spent a good 25 minutes talking about rail bikes on the podcast, which I have to admit, I didn't think would get as much play as it did. We have gotten a but lot. we got a of... lot of Instagram. Yeah. We got a lot of people sending us photos of their, their rail bikes. I got a Scottish rail bike sent my way. Yeah, that All was types cool. Of, uh... That was cool. <laughs> people are really into the rail bikes. Because they're cool. Where are we at on the rail bike situation? Let's give Spencer the 10-second the, the update. Let's keep oh, it uh, my rail bike. Um, no rail bike yet, but I've I've been. I don't even have to do the research because people are just sending us stuff, so it's fabulous. So I love it. As you guys know, I'm moving, uh-huh. and I'm moving here in Orlando. So don't don't get worried. Any other state in the country, the super <laughs> rookie's not coming for you. I'm staying here to just burn this city to the ground and get out to the Disneyland or Disney World as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Really love that Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Uh-huh. But I've been putting a lot of things in the boxes, uh-huh. and I found the Slow Ride Podcast answering machine. Oh, I forgot to tell you about this. We haven't seen that since uh, episode three hundred. I know, and we got the answering machine, and we actually have a message here on it. Really, a late one? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I disconnected it, and I forgot about it, and then it's there when I plugged it back in. I was like, oh, I haven't seen this. I had to blow the dust off. Yeah. So um, from episode 300, we have a message. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, press play. Hello, this is professional mountain bike racer Kate Courtney, and I am here to give a huge shout out to the Slow Ride podcast. Uh, A huge congratulations to all of you guys for working so hard to get the Slow Ride podcast to 300 episodes. That's insane. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of episodes. And it sounds like you guys have been working your butts off and having a lot of success. Um, And I also have a shout out to Spencer. This is from Spencer, so that's suspicious. Um, But I heard you destroyed Tim and Matt at, now I'm gonna need help pronouncing this. Chekamagon? Chekmagon? Chekmagoon? I don't know how to say it, but congratulations on your uh, great ride there. And I'm sure that 
Tim and Matt might have a competing message for me at some point. Back to you. Anyway, congrats to you guys and uh, keep up the great work. Okay, I gotta admit, <laughs> this Seems is amazing. Extremely legit. I, yep. <laughs> I just. First off, it's amazing that Spencer wrote some of that. That yes. Kate Courtney had to. Uh, that can't uh, be say that this is. It, yeah. But I want to just Find say, is this a bit, or did Kate Courtney really not know how to pronounce Schwamigan? Which then leads me to believe. That if she doesn't know what Schwamigan is, then have we been just gaslit our entire lives about how big the Schwamigan mountain bike festival and race is because we're from the upper Midwest? Yeah. It, right? It could be. We, it could be true. We can't admit the, this on the podcast because Michigan will come for us. The yeah, ice if the most coming. popular... True. But if the most popular American cyclist mm-hmm. in the world right now, Kate mm-hmm. Courtney doesn't even know how to pronounce schwamigan means she's probably never heard of schwamigan which means that she has no intention ever to even do schwamigan unless <laughs> which leads me- this is a deep deep state troll mm-hmm. where she okay. knows that our shtick is mispronouncing things and she's coming uh, in with a real subtle like burn that so only she, the so deep she's- true fans are going to pick up on and uh, so she's going for the championship belt from Alvarado. She could be. Now she's got <laughs> yeah. the pedigree to take it because I just say Alvarado is a world champion. Well, Kate Courtney was a world champion. You know, uh, yeah. Kate, Co- Kate Courtney won the World Cup uh, overall. Um, you know, on the mountain bike side, and she hung in there this year um, for the few mountain bike. What the two week long compacted <laughs> season that they had. Compacted um, is an understatement. I, for, I forgot about that, the two-week season. Right? Like on the <laughs> so, you know, there's an argument to be made that we could have overlooked <laughs> Kate Courtney and that she left us this. She got the ghost in the shell and hacked mm-hmm. into the mainframe and put this voicemail on our machine as a reminder um, that we may yeah. have well, missed the greatness. I would give her the belt if her facts were right in the fact that I won Schwamigan. Her facts sounded fine little... to me. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I see mean, she was probably reading that. it out of the Fat Bike Gazette or whatever it is <laughs> that comes out. <laughs> yeah, it, the... It's our unfold the newspaper. Uh-huh. <laughs> Scroll yeah. down really Got far. the results right here. <laughs> I highlighted it somewhere. Where is it? She's looking through. Uh, mm-hmm. What an amazing, amazing day. Well, thanks, Kate Courtney, for uh, the, the 300 episode shout out. Yes, thank um, you. That was awesome. So fantastic. Sorry it took me so long to dust off that answer machine. But with that, we've talked about the man, the myth, and the legend. We're talking about the newest and best cyclist in Australia for Green Edge Cycling. Of course, we're going to do an off-season check-in with our main man, Bling Matthews. Hi, I'm Helen Wyman, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, here we are in the preem lap, gentlemen. We're going to make this short and sweet because there's so much to discuss on the flip side. And the first thing we're going to talk about is our coffee partner at Grimper Brothers. Mm. Head on over to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee, and you get the link to two fantastic Grimper Brothers coffee blends. The first is Hello Cyclocross Friends, which is the espresso 
blend. And we have viewer mail mm-hmm. from our friends at Bike Shop CX. Mm-hmm. Two fantastic blends. Mm-hmm. And as you guys know, I'm partaking in coffee now, as if I needed coffee <laughs> to regulate my lifestyle. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I'm all in. A little, little concerned. It's delicious coffee, but I don't know, Tim. It's dangerous. Yeah. Let's let's make this podcast another two hours because I'm amped and ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> the the pairing uh, between the Grimper's coffee um, blends there that pretty much cover all your bases, no matter what kind of coffee you like. Uh, so go check them out. But the the pairing with the Willis oat milk mm. is spot on. That is what I've been enjoying on my mornings uh, this fall, on my weeks off away from the pod. Yeah. Um, Starting it early with the little uh, willas in the uh, in the old coffee there, so I know that uh, our fans are excited about it. I know they've been picking it up. I know they've been using that code Slow Ride Twenty to save themselves twenty percent over at willaskitchen.com, dot mm-hmm. um, where they can get some of the world's best oat milk. I know little guy has tons of facts and figures that he loves to tell us about every Prem Lab. Well, it's organic. They use more of the oat. Uh, there's a million more. There's uh, just growing oats is way better for the environment than most of the other, uh, you know, uh, non-dairy milks. <laughs> like the 800 out there. gallons of water for yeah. almond milk. Yeah, yeah, for use almond milk. soy has got a lot of problems. There's there's a lot of things. Oats very environmentally friendly and you feel good about. So it. how would you feel good? How would Slow Ride Podcast title belt holder Simon Geschke, our favorite vegan? <laughs> Get yeah, his own Willis oat milk. Well, as Spencer said, go to williskitchen.com, use that code SLOWRIDE20, get himself that deal, pair it with his coffee, have a fabulous morning yeah. so you can get out there and keep sending us cameos mid-training ride. Perfect. Awesome. Let's get back to the show. <laughs> cool. uh, this is Stephen Hyde with Cannondale cyclocrossworld.com, and you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Yeah. All right, guys, we are back and we have, I don't know, a ton of emails to go to. So I think what we need to do is we need to open up the mailbag. We need to dig down deep Mm -hmm. and see where the listeners of the Slow Ride podcast take us. Are you guys ready to go? Yep. Oh, yeah. Dig. New DK name. The winner. This one comes to us from Colin Clay. It's your favorite alliteration-loving cyclist. Like many, I got super into cycling during quarantine and am now suffering from full-blown cycling addiction. Although I am adamant about people knowing that I actually started cycling one month before quarantine actually began. (laughs) But that's not important. I plan on taking my addiction to the next level as soon as is allowed and begin racing. I hear you all talk about alley cats and crits and such. So I'm wondering if you all, the experts... Could explain what races I should be looking for and how to join them. Are there any racing faux pas I should avoid? Thank you, guys. And I'm sorry my name is so upsetting to you, super rookie. Colin Clay of Country Cobble fame. <laughs> well, well, Colin, yeah, you don't Collins. upset me that much with an, with an amazing email like this. So, gentlemen, what's the best way for Colin to get into alley cats, crits, and such? Not alley cats. <laughs> <laughs> eh, I mean, alley cats were kind of a good way to start in a way. Uh, I don't think they have much to do with actual bike racing, though. Like, if you want to be, no. if you want to learn how to be a bike racer, I don't yeah, think if you want to ride in a pack and all that. I mean, probably just yeah, finding some 
cheap to free gravel races is the best way to start. Sorry, mm-hmm. USA Cycling, but um, don't don't start the route we ended up starting, which was a lot of like forty five dollar road races where you get spit out the back fairly early and you're miserable yeah. and part of the country you don't know. I, th- I would say that the 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 best step, like honestly, if I was going to go Collins route, I if post pandemic world we're out there able to race, I think cyclocross is the the yeah. lowest barrier of entry to get into. I don't know if Colin has a mountain bike, but I'm assuming he has a something that can work as a cross bike because he is all about the the cobble. Mm-hmm. Um, so cyclocross is great because in your very first race, the likelihood of you being with the lead group, unless you're extremely strong, which you very well could be, Colin, is that you'll get dropped. It's way cooler to get dropped in a cyclocross race than on a road race or a crit course where you paid $40 and some USA cycling official yeah. in their blue shirt that thinks that all of a sudden they're the most important per person in the world pulls you out of the race, yeah, even though you spent miserable. $40 uh, for your first race. So seek out cyclocross second gravel racing actually would be a really also good opportunity for you because it's going to be a little bit like road racing, but gravel tends to have people of all different skill levels so that you'll probably be able to ride with other folks that are at around your level. Yeah. Um, if the, the lead group kind of goes off the front. So those are the two I would say. And the faux pas is, have fun, wave, and, uh, you know, say hi to someone on the finish line. Those are all things you don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, just remember to not take all the, like, overly serious one-twos and threes seriously and not get caught up in that, like... Yeah. Don't get caught up in the, Did I you, mean, arms race I, of, yeah, of bike the parts. Yeah, opposite it's, of what we did. It's super easy as, like, a Cat 4 to think you need... You need DA, mm-hmm. and you need super deep carbon tubies. Yeah, or if to, you had just the good. one step up nicer Garmin, yeah, would help somehow. And like that stuff's all nice, but you know, I mean, just roll what you got for a while, whatever it is, and have fun, and just ride a lot because th- that yeah. other stuff doesn't matter. It's way easy to psych yourself out at the race when you look around and you notice that all the other brand new fives have mm-hmm. ten thousand dollar bikes, but at the end of it, you'll probably notice that you dropped a bunch of those people. So mm-hmm. it's it's not as important. Yeah, man. You, you don't need a power meter to tell you you weren't fast enough. That's No, you don't. <laughs> ask me how I know. Yes, ask me how I know too. <laughs> oh, this one's going to be weird. In quotations, rail bike for I Matt. I like it. I like it. This one comes to us from Brad Thorditson. Came across these in Oregon. I, too, got a wild hair to build a lightweight version. <laughs> Lots of old disused railways around the West. Some up in the mountains where there are no other good roads or trails. Go figure. Love the pod. Always raise a smile. And Brad was nice enough to uh, uh, show us a rail bike little guy that has about 35 chairs. Um, yeah, they're the... the... The, they're like the, the kind that tour groups run, so it's like basically like a four seater sometimes, and and you just yeah. you sit in it recumbent style, and you hang out with your whole family and chat and ride. Yeah, it, you know what the problem with this one is? Uh, it just looks a little bit too much like the pedal pub to me. I was just out. gonna it's say, a pedal like it. puppy. It's yeah. true. Yeah, it's true. It's not. It's not. I bet it's super fun, but it's not my ideal of rail biking. Is that? Yeah, I'm in the middle of nowhere by myself, but. Those those are cool. It still looks super fun. I bet you can just go so I, fast. I I you know rail bikes. 
the one question I have. Yes. What do you do? Just one. When the inevitable Wiley Coyote situation happens, and you're in a tunnel trying to get through, and the light comes at the other end, and you're like, Whoa. "Wait, that's not the end of the tunnel. That light's getting closer." Well, that would be trouble. I mean, I think the first rule of rail biking, probably, and I am no expert, is do not ride on an active rail line. Um, so that would be the first. Well, I mean, I think the real solution here, Spencer, is just to paint a, another tunnel on the wall so that the train goes to that tunnel. Yeah, there's that. Like Wiley Coyote always, would do. Yeah, so, always have your paintbrushes yeah. with you. That's an essential oh, yeah. Yeah. essential okay. bit of your kit. You have to run a little bigger uh, saddlebag, but it's worth it. <laughs> not a problem for you, yeah. No, not a problem. I've got that giant one. Yeah, perfect. Hi, Slow Ride. I hope you're all well and staying safe this holiday weekend. So here I was, looking for 26-inch rim brake wheel set on eBay so I could build up an old Nashiki alien square tube full suspension bike Ugh, sidebar so good this could this could nicely fill the price vacuum left when clients get expensive it could mm-hmm. oh my god those are cool since when did used since when did used 26 inch wheels become vintage and rare <laughs> yeah. see examples 2002 <laughs> well it became vintage but man the price he's right the prices are going nuts the prices are going crazy yeah so there's a couple of things here. I'm not going to read out Jeff's full email, Jeff Baker's full email address, but he does have a 26 included in there. He's living the life <laughs> of a 26 yeah, inch he's, wheel enthusiast. He's, down. <laughs> uh, he's right about the prices, though, man. Um, I feel like a few years ago there were some nice NOS uh, like Dior wheels at the swap here in Minnesota, and I hemmed and hawed a guy because they were forty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I would wow. I would not pay forty dollars because I was like I don't know forty bucks you know they were like they were brand new built up had some nice sun rims they were sweet wheels and then like a year later I'm like that's crazy I could I could sell this for three hundred dollars now on eBay it's that's bonkers I should why didn't I buy them for forty dollars I think I offered him twenty bucks at the end and he laughed at me rightfully yeah, so well, he was right <laughs> to but He's still forty now. 40 bucks is crazy. 40 bucks for a pair of wheels, any pair of wheels, if they yeah. roll for 40 bucks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just. Well, so. Hindsight's 2020, little guy. It sounds like you knew what the right okay. play was. Yeah. So 26 inch wheels are starting mm-hmm. to go through the roof on mm-hmm. pricing. Get it. Also, the amazing dedication to the 26 in, mm-hmm. the, in the email leads me to believe that we may have found. The driver of the high prices that 26 inch <laughs> wheel bikes can get. Yeah, possibly. possibly. Yeah. Yeah. His own yeah. worst n- right. nightmare on that one, maybe. Ooh, bib knickers. You guys know this one's going to be good. Gentlemen, with the lull in road racing, I thought I'd take the opportunity to follow up on a prior episode. Let's call it a festival airing of the, a festivus airing of grievances in the spirit of the season. I can accept your argument that thermal bib shorts combined with knee or leg warmers is a more versatile piece of a kit than thermal bib knickers. But if it's cold enough for thermal bibs, isn't it cold enough to cover your knees? I live in Iowa City. Oh, man, sorry about making fun of Iowa City earlier. <laughs> I live in Iowa City. I love Iowa City. Where we, ha- where we have a good bit of shoulder. Yeah, Pioneer Co-op. That's right. Best place ever. We have a good bit of shoulder season and consistently cool early morning temps for quite a few months each year. My thermal bib knickers have been serving me very well for the last couple of months. 
and did the same last spring. They can be combined with long wool socks for full coverage or with shorter socks to leave that few inches of bare calf to keep you from overheating. They've been, they've been a go-to in a lots of conditions and kept me comfortable without being so hot as full leg coverage. They also don't annoyingly slide down my legs like my knee warmers. Why well, hate on them? That's true. I think it might turn out like little guys dislike of fat bikes, which clearly seems to have changed given last year's fat bike adventure with Big Matt. In all seriousness... Uh-huh. One time. <laughs> in all seriousness, I love the pod and want to thanks... Uh, express my thanks for you on Thanksgiving. Once COVID is behind us, if you ever want a place to stay for Jingle Cross, hit me up. I have a kid-friendly house as well. By the way, any recommendations on thermal awesome. bib shorts? Cheers, Ryan. <laughs> I want to clear the air here for you, Ryan, friend of mine from Iowa City. I, Tim, is a, are a huge fan of thermal bib knickers. I am always talking oh, about bib knickers on this podcast. We know. <laughs> You're failed to bring that out. You're in my corner, Ryan, and I'm, I appreciate to have you by my side as we take on these two <laughs> enemies of the state that just critique mm. the bib knickers. It is the best piece of cycling clothing out there, period. I, I have never that. needed to vent my lower calves <laughs> to avoid overheating. I, yeah. That's just me. I don't know. But, uh, I mean, to each their own. Um, I'd like to defend myself. I go fat biking one time. And, and everybody, everybody marked it on their calendar and and put a Google alert or something in their in their email just so they could they could slag me with it. Come on. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry. I apologize. I do. I do appreciate the offer for a Jingle Cross house. That that's fantastic. Yes. And uh, yeah, hopefully we all get through the uh, the COVID, Ryan. But thank you so much for uh, yeah. for the sweet email. As we make our way, yeah, be careful what you wish for, Ryan. We might, front. we might be there. Found Vanagon in your front yard. Matthew Pugsley hits us up all the way from Norway. Wonder if he's hanging out at the Visma headquarters. Did you guys know Visma was a small Norwegian tele? Is it telecommunications? <laughs> They're a small. I believe Visma is a small Norwegian software company. I small innovative Norwegian mm-hmm. software company. Maybe that's uh, the way we're supposed to say. It sounds amazing. Yeah. I'm in. Obviously, you guys have managed to drive up the Klein prices globally. Check out this attitude at the asking price of $6,200 US. Here's the crazy thing, though, from expat Matt. I love Norway. Norway's a great place. The link here went to what I believe is Norwegian eBay, mm-hmm. which is like fin, F-I-N-N dot N-O. So little guy... When okay. I went here and I saw this, I instantly just started thinking that you started spending a lot of time on Finnish eBay to mm. to to see what you could find and for the prices. Is that true? Uh, no, no, not really. My my first uh, reaction was to consider putting my client for sale for three to four thousand dollars um, on eBay, uh-huh. but uh, I didn't do it. But uh, well, I do appreciate the uh, the shout. I. I'm not a fan of the six thousand dollar Klein. No, uh, in particular the um, the Gator, cr- the kind of faded Gator fade that this one had. It just didn't really um, well, hit my uh, so here. My I kind of want to defend this six thousand dollar price on this bike in a way, because while it is too yeah. much money for almost any bike, when you first look at it, you think that's too much for a Klein. When you go closer, you notice that it doesn't have a vintage build. You get a little closer, you notice that it has the 
total crazy rich Euro weight weenie build on it. It's got, I think, THM carbon cranks. It's got tune hubs. It's got extra light mm. uh, brakes. It's, it's got all the wackiest uh, boutique carbon craziness on it. So this bike must weigh like 15 pounds. This has to be one of the lightest fully rigid bikes out there. So in a way... I see why they're asking a lot of money. Would I buy it? No. <laughs> but if I was going to well, try to win some Strava segments on my mountain bike, like that are uphill, uh, I mean, this is the bike. Well, I mean, and part of that price tag too, probably, you know, at least a third of that is the 26 inch room bake mountain bike wheels. Oh yeah. With tune hubs. They're tune hubs. It's, it's a pretty <laughs> sick bike. I gotta admit. I, I mean, as somebody who maybe has extra light as a save search term on eBay, I would say, mm-hmm. <laughs> who's maybe looked at those silly you know, many times, you know, man. I have Firefly as a saved search on eBay um, in the cycling section, just on the off chance a dentist uh, loses their job or <laughs> retires or something and um, is looking to get rid of one that happens to be my size. You got to do, um, yeah, yeah. It's it's unfortunate. It's the worst saved search in my entire eBay history because I get a new hit about every other day, every three <laughs> days, and it's always every single time not a Firefly. What is it? The movie? The the show? Every no. This is in the cycling category specifically. Okay. There is a small like fourteen inch wheeled um, pink children's bike called the firefly okay Okay. that consistently comes up on ebay and ruins my day every day i'm like (laughs) maybe today's the day that dentist got fired and maybe today's the day he got hit for malpractice or whatever today's the day he lost his license (laughs) had to move the old super record uh you know all road firefly build and uh every day i'm disappointed Mm. and it uh taunts me i wonder if certain dentists like within the dentist community, like look over at the guy next, like the other dentists at the, like, I'm assuming the ADA conferences. And they're like, Oh, that's the moots table over there. Like, like you're not allowed over here at the firefly table. And then they all collectively just make fun of the links, the Linsky guys. <laughs> like they're just oh, like, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Noob. Yeah. <laughs> Fresh out of dental school. All right. Um, got another, uh, email here, uh, from Andy Parsons. Now, Andy was going into the whole thing about how boring Eversting was. So first he thought that they should, instead of Eversting, you should ride the distance to the moon, which is like 308,000 kilometers, which couldn't be done. But he did send a follow-up email and he said, hey, the International Space Station sits at a distance of 408 kilometers from Earth, a hardy distance for sure, but one that could be chipped away at, and dare I say, even raced. Plus, with this challenge, there's no excuse for not living near hills. But that didn't seem to stop Tim last time. Hmm. <laughs> Given the lack of racing at the moment and the potential free time people have over the holidays, this could really take off. Pun intended. I want to. Uh, <laughs> I want to say on on the topic of Everesting, I pulled up our spreadsheet the other day just to check some details okay. from our Everesting challenge <laughs> because I needed to know if Tim had done enough, recorded enough of climbing to cover the new height of Mount Everest, which was raised last mm, week like- to 
by uh, I think it was twenty nine thousand thirty two feet. Yeah, so it's, it's uh, from twenty nine. It's like three feet higher, right? Yeah, it grew about three feet. <laughs> And I was like, if he just hit the number and went home, I am going out and I am winning this thing legit. And I'm going to record it on this spreadsheet and no one can argue with me anymore. And I'm not. Yeah. So luckily for you, you were at twenty nine. Okay. Oh, okay. 50. Let me just say. It. And you had beat it by just just a few feet. But boy, oh boy, was I going to rub that in your face. Let me just. I do want to come clean that. As soon as I got the five emails from listeners telling us about the new mm-hmm. height of Everest, I did go check the spreadsheet and I was like, I was like, whoa, <laughs> I was like, I might have to go out to the cemetery and do about 50 laps so I could get two more feet on my elevation. Yeah. Um, so we got another, uh, uh, I mean, these emails just keep coming. Cargo paint bike job, bike, cargo bike paint job. Hey, slow ride pod. I recently finished a bamboo cargo bike and i'm in the process of training my best friend grover to ride with me to the coffee shop in the best park in town see the attached photo and the as the weather gets worse i'm also looking for some new bike projects to take on in the garage on the rainy days i'm thinking it's time to do something to decorate that giant plywood box but as a first-time cargo bike owner i'm not sure the best style to go with my first instinct was to clear coat it and then start covering it with stickers like every subaru's rooftop cargo box (laughs) Then I figured I could get more interesting. I could paint it white with the world champion stripes, deck it out to look like a team car. Which team? Get a custom vinyl wrap with a picture of Philippe getting pipped at the Liège best-owned Liège line on one side and clipping the moto at Flanders on the other. (laughs) Pay a local art student to recreate the Sistine Chapel painting, but with Adam and God's face replaced by cycling appropriate choices. Who would be best? Any suggestions? It's a bamboo bike with a 60-pound max riding up front, so pretty much nothing will make it look goofier than it already is. So, it's a really little cool guy. bike. It's a really cool bike. Uh, yes, it's a super cool bike. First off, I love the commentary about the Subaru rooftop cargo box. I noticed today, because we have a rooftop cargo box on our Subaru, that I went out there that the previous owner did put an Osprey sticker on there, and I'm kind of disappointed. Otherwise, it would be a totally sticker-free cargo box, but it is there. Um, But I would say you can't paint it white with the World Championship stripes. No. Team car is a pretty impressive option. Mm -hmm. What team car would you make it, Spencer? Oh, man. Um... And the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile wouldn't count. Yeah, unfortunately, that team did not come to fruition. Although I think uh, in a near future episode, we need to revisit that topic and see if we would update our uh, our world tour team sponsorships. Yeah, yeah. Um, I gotta go with Mitchelton because they're the new hot, styly uh, team on the block. Apparently, yeah. I haven't seen the kit I, yet. I, I mean, I'm. I know I'm not going to go quick step because they, you just have to like glue um, blue like Grover for all over, which actually might work. <laughs> yeah, that's actually uh, well done. Now that I think about it, I would say the one that you can't do is Jumbo Visma because it's yellow. So everyone's just going to think you're a taxi. Yes, mm-hmm. true. So could earn a little extra money. I on mean, you you guys know what I always go to when it comes to team kit and I'm going to go cast Obviously, um, that Castorada team cars were white Fiats uh, with the with the 
blue box on the side with Castorama and yellow on it. And then it also has the Rally logo on it, which is nice because it was Rally. And then it had a blue, yellow, red, like, bars behind it. Mm. Um, uh, that's so, better than I thought. I thought you were going to say just put a pair of pants on the cargo bike. And no, just, just hang some over some uh, like a shop apron it, over the front of the the bike. Does a cargo <laughs> does a cargo bike wear its pants this way yeah. or this way? That's that's, that's a tough that's one. I mean that's how, where do you put the apron on a cargo bike? Yeah. Right. I I think the answer here though is that you got to go with the Alaphilippe vinyl stickers just so you'd have to explain it to everybody. And and get a smile every time. I don't know if but, you'd um, get a smile people would be like that's weird. <laughs> so little guy, is that the the best cargo bike email that you've ever gotten to the slow ride podcast at gmail.com? Uh, def- definitely. I mean, one, the bike's amazing. The full bamboo cargo bike's amazing. Um, and two, the box, I mean, truthfulness, the box looks awesome. I think, um, the way it is, um, it's a really sweet looking box and it makes my kind of pathetic attempt at, uh, building one, you know? Yeah. So. Well, it looks great. I love it. Thanks for the email. We're going to go with the last... Well, we have so many more emails to go to, but to wrap this up in a reasonable time, we're going to go to a, a fan favorite of the Slow Ride podcast. Mentioned before, didn't even... I doubt they even knew about Big Matt sending us in an email, but this is an all-timer <laughs> that I absolutely loved getting the other day. Little guys nonstop complaining about disc brakes. So I hate to admit it. But I've become a regular listener since I accompanied you fools to the Shawamigan 40 Battle Royale. Good pronunciation. I'm not sure why I tune in to hear your banter every week. Probably boredom at the bus garage. Anyway, to the point of my email. Little guy's constant whining about (laughs) disc brakes. It seems a little Uh disingenuous coming from a guy that (laughs) that has never owned a bike with them. Though I know his cars have them. Would he prefer that his cars had canties too? (laughs) Coming from a guy uh-huh. who likes to ride his wheels till they explode underneath him, you would think he would love this idea of a brake system that doesn't wear out his precious 20-year-old Mavic rims or whatever old bike shop <laughs> dumpster score he is riding now. Anyway, enough of my tirade, but as someone who has been rocking disc brakes on mountain bikes for 20 years now, it's probably for a little time for a little guy to embrace change and stop dissing the discs and causing my blood pressure to spike. With love, Big Matt in Minneapolis. I love this email so much. Boy, he has your he number, does. huh? I mean, this is this is this is great because this is just like hanging out with Matt, having a beer, watching him just get kind of riled up as I talk about canties, and he's just losing it. Uh huh. So satisfying. Well, as I told him uh, before, I do own a bike with discs. My cargo bike has disc brakes. Um, I also have a bike part being built for me currently. That has, I guess, is going to have disc brakes on it for our mechanical disc brakes. I'm, I'm assuming. I'm just gonna. Oh, well, I haven't. <laughs> I mean, I haven't. I haven't decided yet what I'm going to do. What, what we need to know is what kind of brakes do you have on the car? Have you moved away from on the, the discs? Car? Yeah. Do you have just <laughs> drum brakes? <laughs> yeah, I've gone. I yeah, I went out to the the bends and I took all the disc brakes off and I put drum brakes on all four corners uh-huh. just to really. Smooth it yeah. out. Uh, you gotta, you gotta walk the walk and talk the talk. No. Got a foot brake. I've, embra- I've embraced uh, modern braking technology on the car, uh, but I do have disc brakes, and I will 
possibly have a have a gravel bike with uh, disc brakes next year. So you guys' mind's going to be blown. So Spencer, how how does this make you feel, the little guys on the disc brakes? I mean, we're three hundred and twenty-four episodes in. Just throw that one out there. I I want to say I'm surprised. I want to say this is a huge thing and whatever, but. Like, like as alluded to earlier in this podcast and by Matt in this email, they've been around for 20 years now or more They're At this point, I think they are officially can be counted as vintage appropriate. <laughs> yeah. It's, in a sense. It's, he's going to get the antique plate on his bike. Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. exactly. So it is coming into, uh, it's the mechanical own, so. disc brakes on my cargo bike are pretty vintage for disc brakes and pretty ineffectual. So, um, it is keeping though. I would, I legitimately do want to, um, upgrade the cargo bike, upgrade the cargo bike at some point to some, some, something hydraulic with some more mm-hmm. stopping power. Cause, um, they wear currently pretty quickly and get, uh, frightening pretty fast <laughs> under the amount yeah. of weight I'm rolling on downhills. Tim, you wouldn't understand this, but sometimes when you go down a hill on a cargo bike, it's so, uh, it's hard to stop. It's a lot of weight when you're on there with the kid and you got the kid's bike so, and a bunch of stuff, you know. Oh, my goodness. So I would go ride to pick up little Hymar at school, and I'd go down the one overpass, the hill on the way, or <laughs> oh. you know, the, the one hill. Yes. That front end shook oh, really? so much when it's, like, empty. Yeah, because it's really too long of a wheelbase on my hmm. cargo bike. But, um, yeah, so. A little shudder. Anyway. Yeah. Well, guys. It was good to have everybody back. We have yeah. so much to discuss on future episodes, including um, what we've been doing over quarantine. Tons more of emails. I thought we would be able to get through them all, but there's so much good stuff coming. If you want to join in on the party, just hit us email at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at the slow ride pod. DMs are open for any type of hot tips or anything that you need. And we'd also like to thank all of our listeners of the uh, wide angle podium network slow ride podcast and check us out by going to wideanglepodium.com to find out how to become a supporter of the pod and we'd like to thank two of our sponsors this week grimper brothers head over to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee to find out more about the two great blends of grimper brother coffee and head over to willa's kitchen and use the promo code slowride 20 to save 20 percent on your very own oat milk and with that this is Tim in Orlando. This is Matt, uh, slightly embracing disc brakes in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. episode that was amazing when that one person said that thing and then the other person totally like set them straight oh man that was great i'm gonna have to go back and listen to that again but hey since i have your attention now hello cyclocross friends new friends and old friends and soon-to-be friends my name's bill i host a, another show on the wide angle podium 
podcast network. It's called Cyclocross Radio. And we talk to the biggest stars in cyclocross and even the medium stars in cyclocross and some of the soon to be stars in cyclocross. We also have a panel discussion we call the Media Pit with my buddy Zach and Michael, where we go over all of the new rules that might be coming out and the calendar situations and races that happen. It's a great time. It's a great conversation. We built an amazing community that we want you to be part of. So go to wideanglepodium.com. Become a member there, then go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Cyclocross Radio. Do it. Do it now, Cyclocross friends.